the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Milberger's Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bolverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. Hey, welcome to Milberger's Garden, Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. Our phone number is 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Is that still our phone number? It's it been is. There. It's been that way for a long it time, has. hasn't it? Yeah. I noticed coming over here that... Uh, the leaves, the leaves and the trees were dancing. About were the side they? Of the highway, yeah. Oh, just for you? Uh, yeah, just for me. It was wonderful. They're, they're dancing and all then, over the place. <laughs> and then when I got out of the car, they told us to kind of you watch, were dancing, kind of watch out for <laughs> fantasies. Said today, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, if people, <laughs> I feel sorry for people that didn't get their row cover on. They're, they're, yeah, it's, a, it's a bit breezy. What did Joe say that they get up in the hill country winds up to sixty miles per hour? Oh, like he's that. making that up. He is sixty miles an hour, something like that. Uh-uh. I thought that's what he said. Well, that's what he said, that's, that's and a it, 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 it lend evidence to the fact that he was sixty miles to the north of where he started. So he got <laughs> got blown up this morning. It looked like the. Let's see what's what's our flag doing out there. It's straight it's out, flat out, flat still, out of the north. It's, out. Yeah, it's just the opposite of what it was this morning. Oh, yeah. what is it? It was straight out of the south for a oh, long time. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised the heck out of me. Yeah, look at that. And then, and, uh, then it, this changed to what we would expect, more likely to expect. <laughs> There's a fellow out there shopping in the, mm-hmm. in the nursery with a short sleeve shirt yes. on. Oh, man, he's bright. Are, are y'all related or something? He doesn't have shorts on, but I think he's got a walking man, Milton does. Milton's got a pretty warm yeah, shirt. I'm talking shirt. about the guy outside. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, that's uh, it. That's... It's a pretty we, day. We, we talk about yeah. We talk about uh, the grow the cloth, the uh, uh, webbing cloth, and uh, for cold protection. But I think we get more use out of it uh, for wind protection and hail protection, and maybe insect protection. Uh, so it's it's a good product to have, but. Uh, don't try to put it on when the wind's blowing like this. That's yeah, kind of a pain. Yes. I, men- I mentioned in my article, uh, I was curious about uh, cyclamen, how how the, uh, we, I, I saw at least one big planting where the, the, bud, the flower buds had uh, frozen, and which surprised Uh-oh. me. Or, you know, you and I talk about it through the years all along. Yeah. And I was wondering if that was real common. 
just didn't seem like the freezes were that severe this <laughs> that, that you know for yeah. years we've had the cyclemen go through the freezes like that it seemed like and uh, uh they would we'd debate and then we'd cover them if they were uh, it was a blow 30 degrees and they yeah. fare very well and lots of times they'd uh, did not even have to cover them but it looked looked to me like there's quite a bit of bud damage i would say yeah so if you uh <laughs> if you're a gardener out there with cyclamen and you uh can verify or dispute that uh uh, situation. Let us let us know. I'm curious about the yeah. um, cyclamen and how they how it fared. Yeah, Calvin Melton. Calvin's uh, using your philosophy uh, on the cyclamen in the in the paper. He's got a nice, pretty picture of him. Yeah, of cyclamen, and uh, he's kissed him goodbye. But uh, is that what he got, says? He's got pictures. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't no. say. That. <laughs> I think there's only one person here who I'm, uh, yeah. says that. It's well, not me or you, Calvin. Uh, yeah. so. <laughs> okay. What what I find interesting, and so Milton and I were talking about a little bit. Uh, um, the ex- the Express News quite often they the photos they provide the photos, and they're ge- generally the most common or long term mm-hmm. use plants. Well, they've actually got uh, uh, pentas in there, which yeah. I haven't seen in a long time, and and our uh, porterweed. Yeah. yeah. And Milton says... That's a good porterweed. Uh, yeah, thing. Milton says... That's what I said, too. I can't remember if any other nursery has porterweed. In. No, no, I was saying that, yeah, that I thought that was uh, a picture from your garden. And I said, well, I think you're the only one. Oh, you know, no, a lot of gardeners have port- oh, okay. porterweed. Okay. Because it's such a wonderful uh, uh, nectar source for hummingbirds, butterflies, and bees. Yeah. And but it, but it real it's a tropical plant, and it it really got affected by by the the cold weather too. It's mm. just yeah. It's kind of look kind of looks like skeletons now with all, all those weeping weird stems. That's that's not a monarch, I think it is. That's a, That's what, what I thought. Yeah, that's what we we were kind of looking at it. I I think I still think it, the 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 debate is whether it's a queen or a monarch. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. That's that hard to tell. The color the me. color is is a little intense. Uh and the the shape is a little long, so maybe it is a queen, but um it's a cloak, you know, it's a kind yeah. of a debate. Of course, Jerry, uh, if Jerry doesn't, uh, you know, if he hasn't been able to talk to those, uh, those uh, butterflies. Uh, yeah, I, I've given up. Uh, uh, yeah, see, when they're this long-term picture there <laughs> and still alive, they, you know, he's. Well, if this, well, what is disturbing me is if this is a monarch and these these plants made it through the, to the fall, into the fall. No, no. I bet I know where he's going. I, uh, <laughs> I think those blooms should be cut off. You don't, you don't, well, not for, uh, that, that does not make a difference for the monarchs, the porterweed. Um, but you, uh, 
Well, it's yeah, you want to definitely avoid butterfly gardens because I, <laughs> I still think there's some monarchs out there. Oh no! You know, my neighborhood has a had quite a few butterfly gardens, <laughs> and they're they're still and and of course your queens are there. Yeah, and uh, oh, what's our uh, the vine? Coyote vine. No, <laughs> no, the uh, the vine starts with the uh, P. Um, fashion vine. Fashion vine. Look at yeah, that. The, 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 uh, yeah, the 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 butterfly that is uh, uh, that lays its eggs on the passion vine and feeds in the caterpillars that feed there. They're still out there, pretty a- active. <laughs> Calvin, I was joking with Calvin because he was mentioning he still has coyote problems. Oh, okay. Apparently, one of them broke into his car and <laughs> tried to steal it last night. <laughs> I was I was just getting relieved because I hadn't seen the coyote in a in a, a week, and I was you know I saw was, then my then the home health aide that helps helps uh, with my wife Judy's illness came in there at 10 a.m. yesterday, and she says, you know. There's a coyote right down there, two houses way down. <laughs> I said, no, don't say that. I, what do you know about coyotes? <laughs> she says, I know a lot. Uh, you've been talking about them for there you uh, go. <laughs> weeks. So you're worried about them getting to your yeah, dogs? They, well, you know, my the whole neighborhood, and I, I think this is probably similar to the gardeners all over uh, San Antonio, fascinated by the uh, coyotes you know and kind of need to see them but then you start worrying about your cats and your and your little dogs you don't have to worry about them at cow because they'll <laughs> take care of <laughs> yeah coyotes. that and that if, when you bring that up you know like well i did that to a neighbor across the street and i said have you seen the coyotes and he said are they there, there again? You know, <laughs> three years ago, we lost two cats. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so you, if you've got a feral cat problem, they'll take uh, care of it. Yeah, just just bring in some coyotes. What surprises me a little bit is they get, uh, uh, coyotes get pretty tame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, do. I don't know if uh, everybody out there, all the gardeners out there that are listening, if that they've had the same experience, but. I've run into them when I've been walking my two Westies, and they, <clears throat> uh, she just stand, she just sits there and looks at those Westies with just no, no obvious, you know. <laughs> it could be she's just trying to make friends with them, uh-huh. and, and the Westies are have that same look on there. Uh oh. And then I then I sober up and I <laughs> I have to have a discussion with the Westies. Don't get near the coyote. <laughs> They're notorious for. Just mean deceiving you and uh, <laughs> like uh, one of those storybook things. What is that? Yeah, fable about the yeah fox. Uh, let's see, boy that cried wolf or the, no the happy happy now something get across a creek and then then when they got across the oh, creek the yeah the thing ate them. <laughs> the I forget what scorpion it was. and the yeah that's it yeah and the frog. Go. You can't, uh, <laughs> based on my experiences and the, the, the testimony of people, uh, the those coyotes and their interesting look, 
It's, it's not because they want to play with your little dogs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they want to lure them pretty close, and then the, the play is over. If mm-hmm. you could see them in the see in their eyes into the brain, you'd see that they're dividing the the little poodles into uh, pieces. Tell pieces that they're going to eat mm. like prime rib and uh, steak, and you know. Well, I told leg. I told you about there was the. Uh, uh, and Express News and uh, I think the uh, uh, New York Times too. There's been a series of articles on on those r- red wolf mixes with coyotes down yeah. at Galveston. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the main things, the main things why people are so involved with them is that they're so notorious for luring and getting the dogs in neighborhoods oh, in Galveston. Yeah. Galveston, and this, this this researcher that they were interviewing that had written the article, it was the same, almost the same kind of feeling I did. He told told a really interesting story about why the this red red wolf coyote mix fascinated him so much, and mm-hmm. you know all this research involved. And then they asked he asked him how he got interested, in it, and he said. That, they ate my dog. <laughs> wow! Oh, he had no. found the body. He found the body and everything. <laughs> oh, gee! Boy, what a dedicated scientist! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 at this time of the year, when there's coyotes around, I kind of feel sorry for the people that post uh, rewards and uh, oh, notifications that they've lost their poodle. No, oh. well, uh, you mentioned please, poodles twice. Please, or please do call. coyotes really like poodles? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Delic- that's a coyote delicate. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, All right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. I think your I think your collie is safe. Your yeah, she's collie. pretty big. She's <laughs> bigger than the. They, uh, and she she barks at everything. She she gets feisty and so. And they uh, the one I was staring at it and they're so. The one looks so skinny. It looked like to me like she was about thirty-five pounds, is all. Uh, but they're, of course, pretty fierce. <laughs> and uh, so you're looking for people to call in with uh, reports yeah, of cyclamen. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about the cyclamen. I guess part of it is the timing, but then the other thing, you know, Jerry brought this up is that that wind is a factor. But one of the the deals with cyclamen is that they're They've got such a kind of compact, sheltered uh, crown. Mm-hmm. You, you hope that that those inner buds will escape. Yeah. But uh, that's that's what we're trying to find out. Did they escape the cold weather and the wind? This freeze, this first first of the year freeze, or are they out there with beautiful leaves and no blooms? The other thing about them is they. They don't uh, those buds uh, don't recover if if both the the flowers have been frozen and the the buds that are inside the crown area have been frozen then you're not likely to get uh, more blooms this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis sent us a interesting thing uh, on January on Sunday January ninth. I guess that was last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh said uh, he found a Tennessee spelling of Wesatch <laughs> in Texas for you. Uh, it said, uh, 
the, uh, you found a town, an incorporated community that spelt in nor- northern Goliad County, Texas. It lies along, along State Highway 119 north of the city of Goliad, the county seat of Goliad County. Uh, it's it's spelled and it's spelled W E E. Yeah, I saw that. S A T C H E. Somebody knew how to spell that. We said. I'm going with the H spelling. <laughs> that helps all us foreigners figure out what's going on. He said, uh, uh, "We Satch was and spelled W E E, S A T C H E." was founded around the year 1850 under the name of Middletown, being halfway between Clinton and Goliad. This post office was established in 1855. And, uh, however, confusion with the Midtown in Comel County led locals to rename the community after the Sweet Arcacia, Arcacia, Tree. The community's name is Corruption, is a corruption of the plant's alternate name, Wiesach, with the H U I S A C H E. I'd hardly ever think of a uh, Wiesach as a sweet acacia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's a savvy, you know, we've. We just had the the brush pickup, and oh, every, yeah. everybody was fighting with the Tear you the up. thorns and yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> cussing the Wiesach. And someone said the Wiesach is blooming now. Right, I got a report on Facebook. Someone I, said. I didn't see. I didn't okay, maybe didn't we're a little. Like. They were more toward the coast. It could be. Yeah, it could be a sheltered spot, <laughs> but but yeah, if it'd be clo- closer to the coast, a post office under the name of Wiesach, spelled correctly. In your W-E-E-S-A-T-C-H-E, was opened in on May 1860. Although it closed during the Civil War, I don't know why, it was restored in 1870. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that dentist is on, on the ball there. Well, if we have anybody from Wiesash, Texas, <laughs> call us at 210 308 I suspect it's pretty rare based on the the history. (laughs) 866-308-8867. We got a note from uh, uh, Billy McKenzie, our buddy Billy. I didn't see that. What's Billy have to say? Let's see. He just sent it to me. Okay. (laughs) Says, uh, Jerry, I enjoyed your comments on the radio Sunday regarding the color of blue bonnet transplants. I don't remember having blue bonnets as healthy as the ones I have in containers now. No fertilizer, just a little water when I think about it. And uh, he sent me pictures of uh, that we were talking about uh, the yellowing. Is it yellowing of the plants? And he sent me pictures of he does have some beautiful perfectly grown transplants in gallons. And it, oh, wow, uh, really? Gallons or three gallons. Uh, maybe three gallons. And, uh, and I can't tell <laughs> which it is, but uh, the plants look great uh, in those containers. 
The uh, but uh, what I need to ask Billy is, what kind of soil mix did he put in those containers? Uh-oh, why? If he used uh, uh, potting mix that uh, that had u- he had used before, uh, and our and this is what a lot of people make mistakes. They forget about the residual nitrogen. Everybody thinks nitrogen is here today and gone tomorrow because it, it can wash out of the soil. But uh, the 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 farmers, when they're farm uh, fertilizing their cabbage and corn and things like that, always have uh, a fifty as high as fifty units of the 200 units of nitrogen they applied to grow the corn. It's 50 units in the in the mix. So we, nev- we never have fertilized uh, our farmers' blue bonnets. Hmm. Now I know I, and sometimes too, uh, uh, you mentioned that, uh, w- depends on where that source was. Yeah. I had bought, I, I had mi- built that uh, new raised bed garden um, for my uh, vegetable garden and I'd got uh, some soil from from one of the mm-hmm. suppliers and uh, uh, b- both Bart and I noticed how instantly everything that was planted in there <laughs> responded and yeah. it's like you know like B- Bart says I don't think I've ever had anything <laughs> with that much fertilizer in my. So that was another yeah. one of those situations yeah. where they it looked like they had it in a either in a in a pile or in a an other bed and but anyhow it was uh, I'm really glad they uh, they sent it along to me. Yeah, I would I would suggest that that's probably what happened, but it it does, I don't know how much fertilizer was um, nitrogen was in there. But the plants are perfect size shapes, perfect shapes, and everything else. That doesn't look green. No. It's black and white. I didn't use my color printer. But uh, he's describing these big, (laughs) these big green, wonderful looking plants, and I'm looking there, and they look like a, oh, a weed patch. (laughs) And and he got one per. He's got one per pot, which is perfect. And uh, uh, he d- he didn't mention this one that's dying over here to the right, but if you look at the one to the right that's wilting, looks like it's got a been overwatered or something. Uh, it's dying from the center. Uh, it's not in a container. It may be in a kind of a raised bed deal, but it it's not in the the gallon size container or. or Hey, we got to take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call and tell us what's going on in your gardening world. Or are you, are you cyclamen? What are your cyclamen yeah, doing? Cyclamen reports. We need those at 210 308 8867. 210 308 8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM. The answer. Back 
Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Real quick message about Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control. They have been your web of protection since 1976. And uh, I love reading all the great reviews of Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control on Google. Uh, folks absolutely love them. I mean, it's not just a five-star rating. It's a five-star rating with a glowing review that they're glad they found them or that, you know, the service was exquisite or that... Uh, they finally solved a problem uh, that uh, they were having trouble with that someone else couldn't solve. That's what Warren Remy and Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control do. You can give them a call, 210-656-3721. Their staff is wonderful, too. Yeah, they really are. I've been are. using them for years, and they're, yeah. all of them are easy to communicate with and knowledgeable. Yep, they and like I said, they kind of make you a part of the process. 210 210- Six five six thirty seven twenty one two one zero six five six thirty seven twenty one, or go spidermanpest dot com is the website. You'll find out all the stuff they do, including that into care mosquito trapping system. I'm guessing mosquitoes are not too big a problem today. <laughs> They've blown all the way to yeah, the corpus. Yeah. So, but at some point they'll be back, and you can be prepared when you call Spy- Spiderman Termite and Pest Control at two one zero six five six thirty seven. 21. James is on the line with a question on blueberries. What's going on, James? Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? Hope okay. you're out, out of the wind. I just good. tuned in. I hope you're inside today. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you. Yeah, listen, as my three-year-old granddaughter just loves fresh and or dry blueberries, I'm, I'm going out on this project on the Tiff Blue. I picked one up at Millburgers on Monday. Good man. I I uh, read the article on Plant Answers two or three times this week, and I bought a 45-gallon tub from my ranch store here. Yeah. And I got I got peat moss, um, perlite, pine bark mulch. My question is: After reading the article more than once, I kind of alludes to use 100% peat moss, or should I mix it with this um, pine bark mulch? And well, if I mix it, what's the ratio? <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Yeah, you probably want to mix with We We talk about using sand with it, sand and sphagnum peat moss and everything. And that's basically to give the uh, mixture body. In other words, that sphagnum peat is going to do like the leaves that you put in your garden or whatever. Uh, right. It's going to decompose, which is good into an acid uh acid uh substrate i guess you'd call it but uh anyway uh so i guess you could mix that uh uh pine bark in with it to give it some body and you might you might have to uh uh supplement it every year with uh with more addition. feet right correct right right well uh, or a mix, yeah. mix probably a mix. Pine bark. Yeah. Okay. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna mix the two, 50-50 um, or what do you recommend? Yeah. The 50, pine bark in the in the peak. Yeah, fifty-fifty. And okay. that pine that pine bark uh, may break down into a acid situation too. Eventually. So yeah. I always have uh, pretty good lo- luck with a good. Uh, uh, potting soil with the sphagnum peat moss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do they call it? Sphagnum base or, or potting or, moss? Okay. Well, I just use the, uh, generally when I've done the blueberries, I've used 
the sphagnum bales. Okay. And then I mixed it with uh, okay. uh, just the potting soil. Potting oh, soil? Yeah. yeah, that worked. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a couple of bags of potting soil. Um, actually, it's a potting soil that I'm having really good luck with a gardenia in a container for the past few years. Um, so uh, just mix it with the with the potting soil instead of the pine bark. You saying you can? Or yeah, you or, can. Or all three, maybe all three, a third, third, yeah, third, yeah. Or something four, like that. Let's see. Okay. What would it be? A fourth? A you fourth, can experiment with half. it, but 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 I think you'll have good luck with uh, half and half with the uh, potting soil. But and you may may have good luck with all of them. Yeah, I think so. Just as long okay. as you keep it to acid. Acid-based uh, byproducts. Uh, oh now, yeah, this brings me to the other point. I found a really good deal, or at least I think it was on some eight-pound bags of Osmocote Plus. Get out of so here! As, nah, really. I don't know how I ran across this deal. I won't tell you where it is or where I got oh, it. Hey. Uh, I got I got three eight-pound bags dropped off on my doorstep this week. So I, I think I got everything to go. If oh, I put that yeah. Osmocote Plus in there, since I got <laughs> quite a bit of it, I know Good. you always say copious amounts. Copious but, amounts. <laughs> well, what is that out of this? Four pounds for a 25-gallon uh, container? How much Osmocote would you put in there? Uh, Mix in the soil. Four pounds. Well... If you're gonna mix it all too into much? the whole, yeah. that's, that's a, a little bit on the heavy side. Uh, okay, two pounds maybe. Yeah, let's About go two, two pounds. Okay, you, all right. You can't you cannot burn the plants with it. It's just well, that's you, what I'm. Yeah, I don't want to burn it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you won't. You know, um, yeah, and you don't want to use okay. more than you need. Mm. You know, okay. you want this, maximum uh, performance, but. <laughs> well, I never know what copious means because well, I've never used go. Osmocote Plus before. I've always did, just heard the conversation. Did you look that up in the dictionary, copious? Copious? No, I know <laughs> what it meant. <laughs> I just ne- it never used that product before. So, so but anyway, you don't want to tell us where you got the cheap Osmocote, huh? No. Yeah, it's these blue trucks that drive all over town. Oh. Drop stuff off at your house. Yeah. That's neat. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, I got me anyway, some last weekend. Last weekend too. Yeah, actually, oh, I water this gardenia and all my outdoor plants with my well water, and this gardenia has done magnificently well. Hmm. Um, Did you put coat on that? No, it is growing. I confession here. I've called y'all about this plant before the big freeze, and y'all recommended that I put it in sphagnum peat moss, replant it. And I hadn't done it. It's just in potting soil, uh, oh. big box potting soil. This thing is doing magnificent. It's outgrown its container, so I'm going to repot it this spring when it maybe March first. Okay. Um, I'm going to use some of this peat moss with it. But I'm thinking this well water is doing it, doing it real, real good. I think, or I don't know what. Have you ever I'm, have you ever had that water tested? Uh, Dr. Parsons, I drilled it. I had this well drilled in 2006, okay. and I've never had it. Te- I've never had it tested. We drink it. We've never been sick, so I well, think no, it's I good. Th- I think I think Jerry's just uh, more interested in the pH acid. Yeah. Yeah. But, what's in it? Yeah. No, I've never had the. Wa- I've never had the water tested. Not once. I don't okay. know what. I know it's kind of. It's. Is your hair falling out, or is it still? <laughs> Sir, 
sorry. Your, your, I take it your hair hasn't been falling out of your head or anything after you started I drinking that one. And you don't, you I don't, a, you don't have a I water softener. I have a mop of a hairdo. My uh, hair, my hair is like a mop. I can't keep it cut often enough. Hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, you, I, was, I was you, born that way. <laughs> you don't, you don't yeah. have a, you don't have a, a water softener or anything, do you? I do, but that water's only going into the house. Um, I have two lines from the well, one for outdoor use, which is just oh, straight well man. water. That's good. And then uh, I got a line that goes to the softener and then an RO system that we drink. So it's oh, pretty good. good. The water okay. is, when I, out of the RO system, I mean, it's clearer than bottled water. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I've got yeah. one of those, too. And uh <laughs> Interesting thing about it, we I, I've always get I always gave my dog water out of that RO deal, and uh, uh-huh. the uh, my dog has passed away, and uh, and it only lived to be seventeen. Right, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah. we're starting we're we're starting to use his bowls and some food for the neighborhood cats, and. We got a bowl of water out there by the 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 food that we're feeding them, and uh, those cats like that water almost better than they like the food. Ah. Oh, the RO water. Yeah. 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 I have an indoor cat that drinks that RO water, and uh, this cat's up there in age two. I just I'm waiting for this cat to kick the bucket because it's a pain in the backside for me. But I guess that water's keeping it alive. (laughs) Maybe so. To your point. Yeah. I bet anyway, that works. Okay. Well, I'm going to give this. When should I pot up this blueberry? I just got it Monday. It's in whatever it was. I guess three gallons or yeah. whatever it came in. You should go ahead and uh, pot it up as soon as possible. Uh, okay. And, before and leave, before leave it, it out, out. Yeah. Leave it outside too. Okay. Well, I got it in the garage now because of the wind, but I might try yeah. to pot it up this next week. All right. Okay. And put it outside. All right. Abe. All right, I appreciate it. Talk to you later. Thanks, Thanks for James. Uh huh. You take care. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. And outside of San Antonio, we should ask James if he had cyclamen. He might. No. no. He doesn't have cyclamen. No. Okay. <laughs> now he's going to call us back because he's got him. I bet. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. We're looking for cyclamen reports. Uh, let me ask you a few questions about that. So if you were growing cyclamen, how do they do in the freeze? Or yeah, and, uh, and uh, see, if, and see if you have pictures of them. Why? Because he's going to make a, <laughs> a nasty What comment. if they call in and say the buds are frozen and there's no blooms on them? I'm going to say, get your pictures out. Get to, uh, like to enjoy the... Or, or if you didn't take pictures... Get Calvin's article in today's paper. It's got a beautiful picture of it. That could be framed. <laughs> okay. No sympathy at all. <laughs> I don't well, know. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> all right. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. I was looking at, uh, at uh, Neil Spears' tips for this week. And... Uh, and Calvin's had this in his, uh, it's not in this week in the garden, but he's had it numerous times in the other gar- other write-ups that he's done. And uh, he's uh, Neil writes, broadleaf weeds such as clover and dandelions 
can be sprayed with a 2,4-D product during warm spring, warm spring in the winter. Warm spread, spell, I'm sorry. Spell in the winter. That's how true, that's especially true now in South Texas. Read and follow label instructions for best results. Is that after you put it on? I guess you read the instructions after. Before. Well, that, <laughs> well, a lot of people, unfortunately, that's when you, when when it didn't work yeah. or works in a way that you're not expecting, and that's when you start reading. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the but anyway, uh, week last weekend, y'all noticed that I bought some uh, weed-free zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also some Osmoco Plus, the most expensive kind. Okay. Not since my buddy won't tell me what I ordered from. But just uh, ama- it was amazing. I didn't notice what he bought. But it just amazed me that he bought something. <laughs> I know. I didn't. I've never seen him in that. I didn't know what was in that white bag. It's like I've never seen you with that. But you remember that it ca- it comes in uh, three types. Comes in a, a mix of. Uh, tank mix type that you mix it up up yourself and it comes in a hose in sprayer type and the type I bought since I didn't want to drag the hose all around the yard uh, was in the uh, spray bottle it is a spray bottle and so I heard that this was gonna be a windy day today and yesterday was beautiful. Yeah, yesterday, yesterday was afternoon beautiful. was nice. No, no, uh, <laughs> no wind blowing or anything else. And so I, t- I'm using a cane now. I'm walking with a cane. And so I w- walked out, went out into the backyard with my cane and my bottle of Weed Free Zone, and took care of my that sticky grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, bed straw. Bed straw. He's got on his cane. He's got a couple of it attachments. <laughs> he's got uh, pruning paint <laughs> up there. Oh wow! The there you go. And also he's got the uh, weed free zone. Yeah, you need to invent that if you're and the, sell it on the market. <laughs> and the neat thing about it was, I could lean over on the cane and spray with the bottle of uh, weed free zone and uh and that that uh patch of bed straw that i had mentioned weekend before last has expand had expanded and grown taller so uh it's good that i did it and uh i sprayed the whole area and i tried to get everything that I sprayed sprayed on a little bit on everything. The neat thing about that uh, pump up uh, the uh, aerosol sprayer or the uh, that I used, it puts out small droplets, which is all you really need to get the job done. And so I used uh, half a bottle, half of the spray bottle, and uh, I'm going to keep the other half the ones I missed because uh, a lot a lot of times when you're spraying that stuff on, oh yeah there'll be some you miss you miss some and uh, I expect to complete wipe death by 
middle of the next week. Well, next there's week. Uh, there's probably some too that have not germinated yet that are just just mm. going to germinate. Yeah, yeah. But I was very upset. I was walking down. I was down the hill, and all my horse herbs, mature plants, were dead. Had from the cold. From the cold. Yeah. Had been killed. But the good That's news. A, it's just uh, just uh, it surprises <laughs> me too because I didn't think of. Uh, that cold spell is being very yeah. Uh, it took them out. Everything down the hill. I guess, guess it's that wind <laughs> and then the timing of yeah when the freeze occurred. But I I don't want Evelyn to get upset because under all that dead material, there's a new crop coming. I bet she's she's just planning her keep, keep attack the strategy. Keep, keep the fight, Evelyn. Evelyn's planning her attack strategy on that one. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. While we do, give us a call at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. We have more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM. This is The Answer. Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. And the ad about Millburgers, I mentioned going to millburgernursery.com. If you go there, you can find out about the blood drive that's happening here at the nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road on January 29th from 10 to 3. Uh, you can go to the South Texas. In the fact, there's a place on the website to click uh, to get you right to the place to register for it. Uh, Millburgers is going to have a nice gift for you. Uh, just for going through the process, of course, the South Texas Blood and Tissue Center has uh, nice thank you gifts as well. Uh, they really have getting a lot of publicity on the fact that that the blood situation is uh, pretty is tough well. right now. Tough, yeah. toughest it's been, and despite Milton declaring every time we have a blood drive, that well, I really do think that, that the nursery's blood drives are really timed around uh, the times that they need it the most. So. This seems to Quit be... Quit No, they are. Seems. We have it around Halloween, and that's a big time because everybody's back to school. So it's one of those things where... <laughs> and then when we had in the summer, the yeah. summer was people are on vacation, so uh -huh. they're not giving blood. So no. that's almost any time of the year. Is that right, Milton? Yeah, I don't know when they're busiest, but our blood drives, uh, there's, they're, they're coordinated. I, I mean, them. it's not like they call from the blood bank and tell Middleburger, hey... No, we I got a shortage. No, no, you no. But I do think I do think what they do is they say what what months are toughest for you. Oh, and then they like so January is a tough month because everybody's now in their own little world. And so okay. anyway, so January 29th here at Millburgers, <laughs> ten to three. Uh, you can make an appointment. Uh, it's uh, walk-ins are welcome, but uh, if you want to just go through the process quickly. And easily uh, go ahead and make an appointment. But go to milbergernursery.com to learn more. Milbergernursery.com. And they'll know how more. many trailers to bring. Yeah, that right? helps them too. It helps Buzzes. both. It's a win win. Yeah. And David Rodriguez will be here on that day too. Oh, no. He'll be speaking on uh, fruit trees. Maybe he'll 
Planting fruit trees from 10 to 11.30. David will not actually be planting your fruit. They'll, they'll, they'll actually begin David's blood as he's giving his there present. You go. David should do that. He should give blood while yeah. doing his now presentation. that's dedication, and that's you yeah. and I trained him. You know, there so. you go. Yeah, y'all would do it. <laughs> no. Calvin <laughs> used to do the blood thing all the time. Okay, well, did. yeah, our medications, though, they won't let us give them. I know, but it Until he mentioned that South Africa thing. And David, I don't think David's on medication, so he could give tons of blood. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Never mind. We Why did you get that idea? That's just He looks healthy to me. Oh, quit it. <laughs> he looks healthy to you? Sure. 210-308. I wonder if David is listening. 210-308-8867, the number to call. And tell us what's going on. Looking for cyclamen. Want to hear about your cyclamen at 210-308-8867. Um. Oh, yeah. As I was walking in, uh, they've got the uh, what's left of the blue bonnet transplants on the tables. First, about second table from here, from from the porch. Uh, and uh, so uh, I looked to see what they had left. And I was very pleased to announce that there's no red or maroon left, and all that's left is that old common blue blue bonnet over there. But it's a special blue. It's Lady Bird Johnson Royal Blue, which I, I mentioned several weeks ago, maybe months ago, that uh, that's all John Thomas uh, is planting now in his... Uh, in his uh, uh, propagation or in his uh, seed increase uh, beds and also planting in his display fields as well because it, it yields four times, at least four times the amount of seed that the common blue, blue bonnet yields. So uh, that's what we have as, as plants out here. Uh, now they've been sitting on the bench for quite a while, so if you come out, if you want to plant blue bonnets, it's not too late to plant these transplants. You could, you need to, you need to get the transplants, and you need to soak them, take them out out of, don't take them out of the pot, but take them out of the flat uh, that they're growing in, and uh, put them in a. Fellow, 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 <laughs> a shallow bowl <laughs> of uh, uh, of uh, uh, <laughs> Miracle Grow fertilizer mix. Mix it up like you were going to put it on the plant. You can maybe mix it a little bit stronger if you want to, but uh, uh, and put it about uh, an inch, inch and a half deep in a in a saucer and then put your transplant in that saucer so it will uptake it from the bottom kind of like you were watering your african violets but uh and and do that probably uh do that before you plant them so they'll give a shot get a shot of uh, fertilizer to green them up a little bit, and then uh, if you if you for the ex if you have any excess, 
miracle grow or you want to give them another boost after you plant them, water them with that fertilizer. miracle grow rapid grow. Not rapid grow. Trace tells me that that's been off the market for several years. Mm. But uh, anyway, use miracle grow, And every time you water them, which will be much more than every two to three weeks after you plant, transplant them, uh, use miracle grow. No water, just miracle grow fertilizer, soluble fertilizer. And that'll that'll they'll they'll catch up, they'll green up, and they'll bloom by. Uh, oh, this is yeah, it's January. That's true. This is January, so they'll bloom in uh, mid March. Okay. I s I don't see any of my hunkered down plants. I don't see anything. I'm worried I don't have you, anything. You see the hunkered down dirt. Is that right? Yeah, the, I just see the dirt. Yeah, if you haven't got plants now. Yeah. It doesn't look good, Milton. Well, I showed you these plants out of Verstraden. Stick, stick with me, Milton. I'm with, I, I don't see any same? yet. Oh, but good. I, okay. But I, every year, or at least there's like, seven or eight. That's just mean. <laughs> that? That's Verstraden. Yeah. Self-seeded. Ah. <laughs> I mean, uh, last year we lost a lot of seed because it rained right when we were harvesting, uh, when Dr. Stein was harvesting. And... Uh, so it dropped a lot of seeds. So Larry convinced them. I don't know how he convinced them to do this, but to just lay, leave it flat, leave leave that area uh, uh, flat, not row it up or anything else. And he applied no herbicide. Huh. We usually plant a herb, plant our herbicide to our stock plant growth, but. Uh, that's the way it came up. I got a picture of it here. Well, with no, it, no, it didn't. Did no you, seed uh, was planted. Have you seen the? I mean, was there w any weeds at all in there? Uh, there was a little bit, uh, but he and uh, uh, Henry were okay. trotting, hold them out. This is after they were hold out. Everything you see in this picture, which is amazing, uh, the blue bonnet yeah. plants. And they're huge, like uh, Verstraten's always. They grow the biggest blue bonnet transplants you ever saw. Mm. Thanks for making me feel bad. And that's because, <laughs> and these are never. Life is that way sometimes, Milton. I know. These are not. I tried. These are not fertilized. No. Well, just can just kind of reinforce yourself or think about this that. Well, Jerry is talking about this this interruption of the n the natural development of blue bonnets by manipulation. Oh, <laughs> well, that's true. He's there's there's the naturalists out there and the uh, folks that are just just believe that you shouldn't have to fertilize or do anything any manipulation of blue bonnets. And they're just cussing Jerry, right? Yeah. No, oh, that's and nice. And you know what yeah. I always yeah. say to him? Yeah. All right, we got two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Call Al right now and get in line to be on the phone at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. We have more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up. We're live here at Millburgers. Come in the two story and ask your gardening question in person. I'm Milton Glick. Back in a moment on nine thirty a.m. 
We're back with Milberger's Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Uh, we're here at Milberger's at 1604 on Boulevard Road. Uh, and you still see people behind me, right? They haven't blown away? No. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I did notice they were protecting some stuff. They were protecting the citrus and oh, some you other mean stuff the, uh, from the, the workers? Yeah, I was looking at the customers. No, no, no. I know. What I'm customers gonna... do you see? Uh, they're they're they've gone into pay. See if your glasses they've gone right. into pay now. Oh. <laughs> but uh, they're they're well. They've got scar scarfs on, and uh, clo- clo- yeah, I haven't seen anybody in shorts. No, no. No, uh, that short sleeve shirt. Let's see what the uh, closest I had found. The temperature is temperature. I bet is about fifty four, but the wind chill is the really the. Uh, <laughs> yep, it's fifty four, and I'll find out what the wind chill is. Calvin, do you want to ask your phone what the wind chill is? I don't want to. I don't want to know. You don't want to know. Because we are in the house. It'll make me cold. Oh dear. How am I going to get to the truck? <laughs> we're gonna yeah. we're gonna put you in a big bubble <laughs> and take you. I'll, I'll let you and Calvin stand on the north what if side. We, what if we drive the truck up to that little thing in the gate where the grass is? That'll you, work. You can just run over there. That'll work. Okay, but that's running to the north. Method. Oh, you're running right into the wind. That's true. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, uh, fifty-two. It's wind chill with the wind chill. It's fifty-two. Or that's the temperature. Temperature. Yeah, because the temperature was fifty-two when I got here, and the wind chill was forty-three. So. Are y'all through making me feel bad now? Sure. We can In other words, you would not? No, if it works, we'll continue. Yeah, this, we didn't <laughs> even know this was working. So is it just the chill that you, I mean, which, which part of it makes you feel bad? The chill. The wind chill, chill, okay. Even though that doesn't affect plants, All right. the wind affects The wind plants. does affect plants, so, okay. But the wind chill. Calvin, is, what do you think of the, the wind chill? I mean, it's near freezing. Poor Jerry, I don't know how he's going to get to his car. <laughs> I was I was just seeing yeah. that the forecast the week the next week yeah is pretty is below there's two days below freezing uh oh so tw- Friday and Saturday twenty eight and twenty okay so tomorrow there's it doesn't does it say windy tomorrow because it didn't say that on my phone which means that if you were going to protect your plants tomorrow would be the day to do that you can buy this stuff today don't put it out today because you'll be <laughs> Protecting the neighbor's plants. Have yeah. you ever tried to fool that with that or plastic on a windy day? No, no, no. That's right. No, I, I, I t- I'll take your word for it. It's amazing. <laughs> so don't do it today, but get it today and put it in the car, and then you can do it tomorrow when there's no wind. <laughs> we used yeah. to dry blue bonnets on plastic. Wind chill 45. Okay. 45. Okay. okay. I can stand it. Can you stand that? Coat. Are you okay with that? Huh. Okay. All right, um, 210-308-8867. Need those cyclamen reports. <laughs> Call Al now. I've got the report. Well, it may not, you know, if we don't, it may not be any damage. Yeah. It was interesting that Trace said that most of the damage when he was, when he was talking last week, is that st- thing still giving you trouble? Oh, yeah. Okay. When he was talking about it last week, he said it wasn't the cold, it was the wind that really caused most of the damage. All right. How are your tomatoes? Did you still have to make an adornio? I pulled. Uh, <laughs> I pulled, started pulling everything out yesterday. Peppers and, uh, of course, okra I pulled out. Peppers and tomatoes. Uh, getting them ready for the next crop. Okay. Yep. 
When will the rodeo tomato be here? Uh, it's already been named. February. I told you the name, didn't I? Yeah, February. Ro- yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. You don't 20, have to tell us again. Twenty-two rodeo tomato. Can we have a contest and name it? No. Why? It's already named. Who gets to name it? The the oh. breeder. Okay. Well, the you know, seed company. based on the names. Yeah, you got you kind of you, you kind of could guess who is naming it, don't you? You think those those A uh, and M professors? Oh uh, yeah. Oh uh, well, but, I mean, I don't like the number names. <laughs> I don't I like either. the name names. But the, but Red Snapper was a good name. Mm-hmm. Dwarf Cherry Surprise. <laughs> I, I found Ruby a, Crush. Is Ruby a Crush good is a good name. name. Yeah, I named Dwarf Dwarf. I know you did, cause <laughs> oh, you wanted to, you wanted tomatoes, surprise! <laughs> Although that one was a big surprise yeah. at how many tomatoes you Everybody. got. Everybody, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, that naming plants. Like I said, like Milton said, I, I've never liked numbers. What about this Tomatosaurus? Kind of a dinosaur kind oh, of theme there. Yeah. Okay, we'll. You will keep that, that in consideration. Yeah, I like that. It sounds like a mean tomato. Yeah, Tomatosaurus Rex. <laughs> okay, uh, think about it. Calvin's not even. Calvin's just rolling his eyes and not even giving yeah, me. The it t- took me a while to even get to like Red Snapper. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I got. I could always. Red remember. Snapper had to grow on me too. I could always remember the fish. Well, the fish. Yeah, that's all I. I remember too. Yeah. And I have to, <laughs> Wait for Milton or somebody to remember Fish. what the rest of it is. <laughs> That's cute. That's a good way to remember it. But uh, yeah, I, I changed the name. Uh, still, the, still the one I can't remember is the one that has the. You the, would tell us if you the, could remember. Right? Yeah, the variety that is uh, resistant to um, blossoming rot. I mean. Uh, yeah, you uh, talk about tycoon, are you? No, but the the, the the one that we generally mention, we mentioned tycoon, a uh, cherry surprise valley cat, valley cat. Mm-hmm. That's the one I can't. That's the one you can't remember. Can't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what was the one with they had the, the another number that's like eighteen forty eight? Oh, H M S. Yeah, we've had two, two or three. Well, yeah. one was eight sixty eight or nine sixty eight. Yeah, that's right, the dwarf right. cherry surprise. But there yeah. was one. That was a full tomato that was like 1812, yeah. 1848, 22, 1922, mm-hmm. something. 1949. Yeah, but see, I'll you can't remember those as easily. The neat thing is. Now, Tomatosaurus Rex, <laughs> you would remember that one. Since I can't, I, I can't remember them either. Yes. Uh, they're listed on, on plantanswers.com. Okay. On the rodeo tomato. All you got to be able to do is remember plantanswers.com. Yeah, that's pretty tough. That's easy. But then when you get there, do you say tomato names or how do you? No, uh, you do use a search engine. Yeah. And and type in rodeo tomatoes. Okay, I'm going to do that. Okay, they're all. They're They're all rodeo tomatoes. They'll get to rodeo tomatoes. And it tells the the year and date. And it also has a. Deal at the bottom where it lists the uh, where you buy the seed. Then it'll for some of us it'll make us feel sad because some of our favorite oh, uh, varieties yeah. are no longer available. Oh, I shouldn't read this. Uh oh. No, I'm just looking at it. I mean, oh, oh you go back to 2000. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Thank you. You introduced Crawford reseeding lettuce in 2000? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, well, we should do like a contest with, with listeners. <laughs> Rodeo no. tomato name or <laughs> name of a... I will have to think of something, but you know. okay. So Sun Pride, no, no, don't don't do that. Is no. Sun Pride still out with us? No, no. Lost a seat. Jackpot didn't go anywhere, did it? No, it, it was old. I mean, it was. Oh. it was one of the first. Uh, I remember su- super hybrids. I remember tw- Top Gun in Phoenix. Yeah, Tycoon is celebrating. Last year was Tycoon's tenth birthday. Was it? We didn't celebrate. <laughs> I don't remember Tigris. Do you remember Tigris? No. Tigris was 2013, top tomato or tomato? Hmm. And Valley a Cat. Coal, a coal top or something. Bobcat. Bobcat, I remember. There you go. Uh, coyote. Coyote? Yeah, you remember Coyote? No. Well, <laughs> I think you're making that up. I, I think and it was HM eighteen twenty three. Now, if you get start doing like Jerry does, all <laughs> yeah, the time, yeah, yeah, does it? You never know if he's actually reading something or just making it up as he goes along. Or sometimes it's uh, most of the time it's a mix. Celebrity, Sun Master, Sun Chief. What are these guides? Oh, oh, okay. All right. Anyway, Sun Master was a good one. Yeah. Are you looking at the website? Yeah. Okay, scroll down to the bottom, see if there's a seed source. Yeah, they have seed sources. Okay, good. Yeah, that's what the numbers. So it said like uh, yeah. large cherry was 3 and 13, which are seed there sources. There you go. Okay. Okay. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. I have a bone to pick with uh, our insect man, Spider-Man. Why? It hit it. Came up, it hit me last night. What he hit you? I was standing. Why would he hit you? <laughs> I was standing at the sink, and then I realized I didn't have any roaches to kill. Oh, you know, I, I usually hunt them down. That's, that's your hobby. That's my hobby. And for some reason, maybe it's that good insecticide that Spider Man uses in my house. Uh, that uh, I don't have any more roaches. No roaches, huh? Hmm. I wonder if Spider-Man... Sounds like a song. You think Spider-Man... A sad huh? song. A sad song. <laughs> no roaches. <laughs> like, maybe Jeremy could write it for you. There you go. Jeremy uh, could write a sad, old-fashioned country song about you and the roaches. <laughs> Does Spider-Man ever trap roaches? Uh, I don't believe so. Oh. He just kills them, huh? Yeah, he, I, just, I, he lets them I, die I, from I, the I stuff die. that he sprays, yes. Okay. I just wondered if he could... Did you want some? Yeah. I'll ask him if he'll bring you some. Okay. Jerry's got uh, nothing to do on Friday night now. You've <laughs> no, done your job too well. I can't kill him. I, I used to consider- Would you like some rats? Tuesday <laughs> yeah. is my rat day. Uh, How about a coyote? <laughs> Would you like a coyote? Because Calvin's got yeah, one to give. So I wonder if we could train. Take care of my cats. Train the coyotes to eat the rats. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Uh, Calvin made me very sad when I was reading This Week in the Garden. You know, I I love all wildflowers, and and they should be re, re, review, re, they should be respected in, oh. their, in their, when they come up. Is he setting us up? Oh. Uh, <laughs> And Calvin writes, larkspur is an aggressive blooming plant 
that naturalizes in flower beds and on the prairies and in <laughs> everywhere else. If you, if you want to see some write-ups about larkspur, just type in larkspur, and you will get maybe 15 or 20 ways to kill larkspur, get rid of it on the prairies and things. Uh, they spray every every year to try to take care of that. And now, I don't like the way he's going because my, my <laughs> article should not relate to spraying <laughs> them to kill them. I, keep, I control them, but not... And like how do you control them? I control them by pulling some... Pulling them up and by the roots. And specify and uh, putting some, some in rows. Do you replant them? Sometimes, yeah. Depends says, on how thick they come out. It says in the native books that you can't replant. Re oh, they, re they, yeah, they replant. replant easy. Yeah, they do. Did this Even year, the big ones this in year, they won't, I don't think they'll need replanting because I've got half of one garden that seems to be covered with them. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I suspect I'll be pulling more <laughs> than replanting. <laughs> he's, a, he's a some large. It's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 1604 and Bull Road. Year, and that's to make sure that Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 1604 and Bull Road is on your list. Make sure you go there to find the plants, products, and professional advice you need to have a wonderful gardening experience. With the plants that Millburgers carries, they're known to do well in this area, so you can feel confident when you get your plants from Millburgers. Millburgers carries the products to keep those plants healthy and happy. And Millburgers personnel, well, they know the gardening answers to every gardening question. So you can ask them anything, and you'll have a fun time talking to them about your gardening situation. One more bit of advice. Make sure you bookmark MillburgerNursery.com. That's MillburgerNursery.com, where you will find out all the events that are happening at the nursery during the year. Have a great 2022 from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road. This is Sonny Melendrez, here with Jacob Mackby, owner of My Favorite Service Company. At My Favorite Service Company, we want you to be free from worry. So all our work is third-party verified, leaving no question. Free from salespeople selling you stuff you don't need. So all our technicians aren't paid a commission for hiking up sales. Free from worrying about your home system. That's why I recommend the Freedom Plan for just $17.76 a month. And if you join this week, get a free service call. That's right. We'll send a technician to your home for free. Plus, get 20% off any work you may need done. Added benefits include free AC and heating tune-ups, free dryer vent cleaning, and the promised priority service for any of those pesky emergencies. Because at my favorite service company, our promise is in the name. Call to schedule your appointment at 830-460-3879. That's 830-460-3879. Or visit myfavoriteservicecompany.com. License TACLA 23443E. Some restrictions may apply. Call for details. Do you take your personal protection for granted? Like everyone, I rely on professionals to protect me at home and abroad. So how protected is your financial future? Hi, Sebastian Gorka here. Let me tell you about an incredible lady, Robin Hoppus, president of Big State Financial. Robin's mission? To give you maximum protection in retirement. Call 210 210 
3736000 and set up a free financial review. Find out if your retirement savings are protected, protected against losing what you have, protected against rising inflation and taxes. Big State Financial will show you how to prevent loss regardless of the market, but still capitalize on market growth and protect you from outliving your retirement savings. How comforting would it feel knowing you can receive a predictable income for the rest of your life? Get protected. Call Robin straight away at 210-373-6000. That's 210-373-6000. Remember, my fellow Americans, keep your head on a swivel, never give up and never give in, and stay frosty. 9.30 a.m. The Answer is going off the top rope every Sunday night at 9 p.m. with the San Antonio Wrestling Showcase. Hey, pro wrestling fans, it's Dan Cialana from 9.30 The Answer's Pro Wrestling Show, San Antonio Wrestling Showcase. Join me every Sunday night at 9 p.m. as we talk the best and worst of professional wrestling. Intense rivalries, just like politics, but a whole lot more fun. San Antonio Wrestling Showcase, every Sunday night at 9 p.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. Talk to your doctor about creating a plan that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. The world is constantly changing. Thank you. But your home for San Antonio's most trusted names in conservative talk is still the same. Listen live on Alexa with our mobile app or through TuneIn, iHeart, or Odyssey.com. This is 930 AM, The Answer. Yeah, we brought it in uh, when it was kind of just, you know. It's Jerry, so big now you can't get it out. Well, huh? no, it's not that big. But, yeah, but Jerry <laughs> was like, you just keep it in the house. So it's like, okay, I'm lazy. I don't want to move it in now. And now it's blooming. and Oh, yeah. It looks pretty. I got an opposite one for you. What's that? So uh, Sansevieria. So it's in that whiskey Gesundheit. barrel. It's, it's in the whiskey <laughs> barrel right over there. Uh-huh. And it survived Snowmageddon. Uh, uncovered. <laughs> and uh, it came back last summer. Took a long time, but it came back. Is that man? And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on nine thirty a.m. The answer had a little technical difficulty there. I thought that was kind of a flashback. Oh, that's what it was. Or right into a, a secret channel. Yeah, you know, got. it was a flashback. Yeah, yeah, and I hate to do this, but let's see. There were commercials that we didn't do while we were doing the break, so. Let's uh, do a couple commercials now. Okay. Take a quick break. 210-308-8867. We've got more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Oh, never mind. We did that break. So, okay, you go. Go do what you got to do. Calvin and I will talk. All right. All right, so 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Talk about when you should apply. When should we apply horticulturally? Yeah, the, it's it's not not the simplest thing, but uh, generally you want uh, the forecast for two days in a row to be above 45 degrees for the 48 hours. So, and, you, and that, that'll be on the label of your horticultural oil or dormant oil, whichever one you find. Um, so, uh, so you, then you spray it um, at the the beginning of that, that 45 degree period. And, uh, and you put it on there generously because uh, as, as Jerry mentioned in the, it is uh, suffocating the, the the in insects those aphid like insects are under a calcium layer there 
and so they they don't get they don't get killed by the dormant oil, but they do do get can get suffocated by it, and so it's it's quite often it's an incomplete kill too. But the the whole idea is not a absolute kill. The whole idea is to get the population down to where it's not interfering in the plant's uh, performance. And it is an organic control, and there's a lot, you know, several choices. The horticultural oil is a little different formula than the, the dormant oil. I think I think it's getting harder and harder to find uh, something called dormant hmm. oil, but there's okay. a lot of choices in horticultural oil. Um, so you just in the and label instructions are pretty clear on how you apply it. Uh, ba- uh, pump up sprayer, you've got. S- more than one or two peach trees or whatever it is you're applying it to uh, is probably the easiest thing to use. But uh, I've seen people, you know, the, the little pump-up tank sprayers will work work well too. But it's if you got if you got uh, uh, fruit trees and also some of the some of the shrubs um, occasionally will get. I've seen it on uh, holl- some hollies. I've seen it on uh, um, old viburnums and some uh, some of the other uh, shrubs too. But uh, look, check your plants out and look for the uh, look to see to make sure there's no scale insect. Yeah, Eonymus is the is the one that you almost always. <laughs> Get, have it there. That's a it's a constant battle. You may as well uh, give up your your job and uh, uh, just keep your uh, sprayer sprayer on your back because the it is the, the for some reason the scale really will go after the eonymus. But anyhow, the label instructions are pretty clear, relatively easy to use, safe um, to use. So go ahead and uh, check that out. It's important for the long-term performance of especially fruit trees. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Another thing that's around is uh, on houseplants, for instance, is uh, mealybugs. Oh, yeah. Scales, spider mites, and, and white flies. Their population bill due to a lack of predators indoors. Apply labeled insecticide, preferably systemic. So none of your uh, insects that he encourages will uh, control those uh, mealybugs. (laughs) Or my coyotes either. We can't train them to get get them. I've never... We had we had mealy bugs outside. I know you they you used, used to the, the, the saga every week. You would give us yeah. a report and uh, <laughs> tough to control. Tough oh to control. man, yeah. White flies I always found yeah. in the greenhouse were tough. Oof. Oh yeah. Uh, we've I'm working with a greenhouse grower down in uh, uh, Camelton, and our recommendation is. When you see white flies on a tomato plant, when you know what first notice them flying, pull that plant out and get it out of the greenhouse. 
That's the best control. No. Because when you start trying to kill them with an insecticide or something, you got troubles because they've got four, four or five generations at different levels of that on that plant. In other words, you kill the one that's flying that you see, but those others are going to be hatching out within a day or two, and you'll have white flies again, maybe as many as you ever have. Yeah, I uh, when I used to uh, winter plants in my greenhouse, I w always hoped that the plants would make it to the time to get out because. Mm -hmm. Because the white flies, uh, you know, no matter what you did, the white flies would yeah. grow in the greenhouse. But if we once got them out in the in the garden in the air, they they were uh, the natural. Yeah, the natural controls would you know, <laughs> take care of them. So. I tell you what works as good as anything on those white flies as those sticky traps. They call them sticky traps. They're they're yeah. hang you hang fly, in there. Yeah, fly and, traps. And they're, they're, yeah, they are. That the white flies will get stuck on them and it catches the adult. And I, I don't think Milton's ever seen Jerry with all those sticky traps all no. stuck on Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I walk through the greenhouse. Especially uh, now when he's got his cane, you know. <laughs> that would yeah. But on, on, on these uh, mealy bugs, and they usually show up, they would show up on our hibiscus, and then sometimes they would show up on our citrus. And they they're white, you know. They're 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 puffy and white. They're they're not they're uh, cover protected aphids, what they are, but they got that covering on them, and you can't can't spray them with anything to kill them. And we've tried things that homeowners can't get, and uh, that doesn't work. I mean, it just didn't work. And so we found out that the best way to get rid of those things, they start on one or two branches, one or two branches, and then they spread throughout the plant. So when you see those one or two plants, those one or two branches developing a population of mealybugs, which you can readily see, you cut, cut that branch off and get it out of the greenhouse or get it away from your plant. Was it the mealybugs or was it the scale that uh, used to develop on the containers, even mealy on the bugs. backs? Mealybugs. Yeah. You'd, uh, I remember you would go through this process, <laughs> yeah. spraying and cleaning and everything, mm -hmm. and then and after a number of weeks, somebody had figured out, well, they're, they're all underneath here. Yeah, uh, they're on the bottom. So hiding we'll, out. What we would do... <laughs> Uh, and this was told to us by Paul Cossett that works for uh, uh, Peterson Brothers yeah. Nursery that grows all of our transplants. He said they <laughs> they had that fire that too. I don't know how he found it out, but sure as hell, when we would see the mealybug on there, we would we would take them out of the container that they're in, put them in a clean container and put that contaminated container out in the sun and that take care of them. But uh, he, he was sure right. Uh, but we couldn't figure out how they got back, how they started back so soon when we cut the, yeah. cut the branches off. 
But anyway, they were they were no controlling them with any organic or inorganic uh, insecticide. So uh, we just had to cut the plant, cut the stems off that were infected with it. And th th it always happened on, the, like I said, our hibiscus, which was kind of going dormant anyway in the fall, but uh, also on our citrus. So. Uh, I'm sorry, we, we didn't uh, emphasize that uh, citrus. We mentioned fruit trees on the scale, but citrus yeah. is uh, inclined to have uh, scale too. And they're now hard to see on quest yeah. citrus. They may not be a major factor now. We've had so many branches killed from the from that freeze, that uh, yep. February freeze. Was it February? <laughs> yeah, February. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we so live uh, in infamy, right? That's so the, the scale may <laughs> not <laughs> be, a, be a problem. That with, But the scale is on the fruit trees. I've seen quite, oh a, yeah. quite a few this spring, uh, this winter already. And that white one you can see, but there's different colored scales. And uh, so the, the white one, on the peach trees, you know what they call that? Uh, I would peach guess, scale? yeah, peach tree scale. White peach tree scale. Oh, yeah. okay, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's easy to see and easy to handle. But uh, the, when they're brown or gray. What, what is the plant? Uh, let's see, I was trying to remember what the plant was that we, we ran into it a f few years ago that had the off-colored scale in it. Well, they, they talk, talk, the newest one is they talked about crepe myrtles. Could have crepe been. Crepe myrtle scale. Yeah. And uh, we have very little of that here in San Antonio. But uh, they had quite a bunch of it up in, uh, uh, up around Neal's Ferry, up in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth area. So. Uh, well, they're blessed with everything up there. They get the I don't know the rose uh, <laughs> problems and I don't know. Must be the way they're living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, regardless uh, of what what plant it's on, you would probably be safe with this dormant, and it's cheap to spray everything you got. Yeah. Remembering <laughs> that now, I don't know about this new horticulture oil. But that old dormant oil would kill any uh, green vegetation beneath it. That's like right. pansies or any flower flowering plant. Yeah, snapdragons. Yeah. So. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More of Milberger's Gardening South Texas coming up live from Milberger's Landscaping and Nursery. 1604 on Boulevardy Road on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Lewis is on the line at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. And, Lewis, you realize that by asking this question, you're setting yourself for other questions to be asked by some of the hosts here, don't you? Uh-oh. <laughs> you, know you know what they're going to ask you. What's going on, sir? I'm just, I had bought some property over in near Bryan in Brazos County, and it's some fine sandy loam. And looking what 
they would recommend a plant in that country to block a view. Uh-oh. To block a view? Yeah. Who, now who, yeah, you, block a view. Well, I think, you, you uh, I think hollies are f- yeah. fair game over there. Yeah. Yeah. The native over there. The Burford yeah. hollies? Yopa. Yeah, okay. Yopa. All, all of them. Yeah, they're... Um, what else is it? It's Burford, a, a city... Sticker. Acidic, they're on the edge of that acidic soil, aren't they, Jerry? Or, yeah. No, salts. Yeah, I had, I had a Texas plant soil I was running soil analysis. I got another one at A&M, and it, it is more acidic than I thought. I think that it used to be a hay meadow, and I think he must have used a lot of ammonium sulfate on it and dropped the pH. That's my guess. No. Why the pH is running so low on that sandy loam. No, no. The, yeah, there, I think it's just there. generally. But the the thing I was thinking about, it's, it's kind of, there's quite a bit of salt Salty soil over there um, is another issue sometimes, mm-hmm. but uh, the holly should be should fare well. What about um, like uh, would um, would any of the magnolias do well over there? I, w- I had just read uh, uh, um, goodness, can't I just went blank on his name up at Stephen F. Austin. He just had a big article on uh, using some of the taxoniums, the cypresses, and the magnolias. They'll, they'll be, be do better over at Stephen F. Austin than they will be than they will do at the Brazos area. But I I think you're you know if you're here in San Antonio, that's a it's always a challenge for the magnolias, and you maybe a little less challenge as you go to the towards yeah. the east. Yeah. Yeah, you see them in Bryan. I mean, I'm just looking what people plant in their yard trees and. You know, and around the houses and subdivision. This is a, this is a little still, further northeast than Bryan. I still think it's a bit of a challenge there, but of course, as you go f- further towards Houston or towards uh, uh, Nacogdoches or those places, mm-hmm. they Stephen F. Austin, they it gets easier to grow the magnolias. Okay, so you'd well, recommend you, putting some holly I thought you wanted a screening. Oh, he's just a separate. Yeah. I do. I want a screening, but I'm, but I'm looking anywhere from 30 feet down to the, you know, obviously down. That's why I'm going to do a mix of, plan on doing a mix of trees and, and shrubs in there, planting a berm, and then doing a pretty good size plant. Yeah. Oh, because alternating so planting. Magnolia is slow growing. Right, right. But what do we have but time? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you, don't, you don't sound that young to me. <laughs> well, I was. <laughs> You, I'm not sure you want to let Jerry get away with saying anybody doesn't sound yeah. young. Hey. <laughs> and you're the first person that's called that hasn't been asked about why he wants to block the view of his neighbors. Yeah, are they ugly? Yeah. What are they doing over there in their yard that they're, you don't want to see? But that's no, pretty good, Lewis. The neighbors to see me. It's the other way around. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So did we help you? I don't want to get any... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all, all, all. Yeah, like my dad used to say, you know, two jackasses pulling the plow is always better than one. So there you go. It's always worth it. I like that. That should be our slogan. <laughs> yeah, it's been real nice talking to you, Lewis. <laughs> Thank you, Lewis. Call back anytime. Thanks for the free help. All right, man. Good luck on your uh, uh, expedition over there to the Brian. Bye bye. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. I don't know. Yeah, he didn't want the neighbors seeing what he's doing in the swimming yeah, pool. I don't know. Two one zero. Now I want to know what he's doing in the swimming no. pool. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven.
At least he didn't blame his neighbor. That was good. No, that was good. <laughs> Camouflage. Uh, one thing here. Uh, what did I do with that? The, What'd you do? The paper. Well, oh, there it is. I knew I we it. It's in his hand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, we told you about that. I, I yeah. need my glasses, too. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Anyway, uh, Calvin mentioned in his uh, This Week in the Garden, he said, it is still effective to uh, use cut, vine, and stump killer to be applied to the hackberries, china berries, and other invasive seedlings growing in your shrub borders and planting planting bed. And uh, even if the leaves have all dropped, the herbicide is effective. I, I have proven that in Tennessee when I go up there in the, in the winter and uh, the plants are dormant, but they're growing in amongst my ornamental plants. And so I just cut them off. I, it doesn't have to be close to the ground. I cut them off about uh, uh, three feet high. It's that high, maybe a little lower. As low as I can reach down in a, uh ornamental plant. And uh, cut them off and put that uh, cut vine and stump killer on uh, And that, that takes them out. Even... Mm -hmm. I was e thinking even pecan seedlings. I was thinking of yeah whether what what seedlings you might mistake that you not want to take out, but I I can't think of a lot that you you, you a pecan in the in the rose bed you wouldn't want. Yeah, to. right. Yeah, so so you probably wouldn't uh, be making an error there. You probably wouldn't be t taking something out that you d you didn't want to take out. because yeah. they generally would be evergreen and you'd know where they are. Yeah. Well, no if, if you're not smart enough to know what your plants yeah. look like when they're dormant, yeah. you might want to take them out. <laughs> you may as well just use Roundup <laughs> on everything, huh? Kill everything, yeah. Well, Roundup usually won't take... Not in the wintertime. Take those uh Well, stems, out. yeah, they won't. Not effective with stems. And so uh, along that line, uh, Neil got a question in. I have poison ivy growing up through my holly. How can I kill it without killing the holly? Is there a spray that will accomplish that? And then <laughs> the uh, Neil says the poison ivy has gotten a head start growing over this Nellie R. Stevenson holly. Uh, <laughs> my caller this past weekend was even considering giving up and removing the holly. No, no. Uh, <laughs> There's no herbicide that is that selective. What kills one broadleaf plant, poison ivy, would kill another broadleaf plant, a holly. Now, I don't know if you can kill a holly with Roundup. I, I, I don't, don't think know, you can. I, I don't know if you could either. I was I was thinking of uh, our favorite, too, whether how we could, if you, if you did a little... Uh, a little uh, stub brown and yeah. yeah, yeah, and you could be just ca real selective and care careful on the uh, got the stems, but it'd be difficult to do. And the one the one thing, one thing about poison ivy, it's I've found through the years it's almost impossible to manage it without getting 
In fact, by, by getting some kind of a... Oh, so you would, you would want your wife or significant no. other to do it, huh? Yeah, no, you want to be... <laughs> you're really you're gambling a bit. you got to... You know, you and I talk about uh, it's impossible to, to, to cut, to prune back the uh, unwanted uh, seedlings yeah. and then go back and find them. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it's pre- it seems it seems pretty impossible to get the <laughs> the poison ivy without getting it on your uh, skin too. So, so you've had experience with that, have you? I have tried <laughs> to sne- sneak and get edging. <laughs> you can do it as long as you can keep co- concentrating. Yeah. And, but Neil, it's tough. Neil says all parts of the poison ivy plant contain the oil that causes the allergic reaction. Leaves, stems, roots, even seeds. What you have a tendency to do, you do really good at the beginning when you the first mm-hmm. the first layer you get it, but then you start leaning in there, you know, around, around the tree. To, <laughs> then the next thing you know, your, yeah. your knees are in the yeah. in the in the this, roots of this the guy has actually ivy. experienced. Yes, this he's movie. talking from experience. You can tell <laughs> with confidence. But anyway, Neil suggests that now. That the poison ivy has lost all of its leaves, you can carefully search beneath the shrubs and clip the ivy's trunks where they emerge from the ground. Do a thorough search. Use a piece of plywood or two by four, whatever it takes, to pry up the lower branches of the holler uh, plant so you can get underneath. Now he's talking about just cutting them off, cutting them off. What what should he have added to this, Calvin? Cut fine and stunk. There you go. And you, the other thing you could you you want, you don't have to get every single stem if you could, you know, you could get he's talk, most of he, them. He's yeah. talking about lifting the lifting the holly leaves branches, yeah. and get under there and cut the main stem where it yeah. goes into the ground because it, it it has a main trunk down there. And then it grows up through the plant and puts out multiple stems. But if you can go down and get that main one and put that cup vine and stuff killer on there, it's definitely, you got it. It's definitely a challenge, so be careful. Yeah. And he says, uh, he says come spring, after, after you spray, uh, watch beneath the holly for sprouts that will come up from the roots of the poison ivy. That's right. Spray them carefully with a trigger bottle. Trigger. Huh. Trigger bottle of broadleaf weed killer containing 2,4-D product. Use low pressure and cut the leaves. Just like your uh, weed-free zone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you may have to repeat a couple of times, several we- uh, several weeks apart, but this should eliminate poison ivy once and for all. Now we've we're given the ta- the step that you won't have to worry about sprouts coming up, and all you have to do is cut it off one time. Obviously, Neil doesn't know about cut by a stump killer. He seems to ignore it. You should call him. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. uh, I, I imagine. You're so close to him, you know. You know yeah, I am. You have nothing but good things to say about his stuff. Every week. Shut we, uh, up, <laughs> now, Neil. I think Milton is fool. being facetious. <laughs> yeah, I think he is, too. 
And that's uh, facetious is a lot spelled like we sat. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Copious amounts of facetiosity. Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, facetiousness. And, and, Kevin, and horticultural. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Kevin puts in there in his uh, This Week in the Garden. You can still plant broccoli, which we have available, cabbage, carrots, lettuce, beets, and Swiss chard, and kale, and onions, which we have plenty of, English peas, and other cool weather plants in the garden for winter production. Um, then uh, I know we got broccoli. Uh, probably, we probably got cabbage. I saw some um, uh, cauliflower plants out there. Did you? But I, I'd worry we, about we, cauliflower. We, we, we'd like to stick Swiss with Swiss chard is there, though, too. Swiss chard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to say goodbye for today, but we want to thank you for listening to the show, and sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, but we're going to be back here at the nursery. It promises to be a much nicer day, a little less windy anyway tomorrow. So come out and visit us at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Give us those cyclamen reports tomorrow on 930 AM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.